Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible study in the book of Revelation. Tonight is study number 37 of Revelation chapter 3. And we're reading beginning in verse 19. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. And we were discussing this in our last study, and we saw that uh, God loves his people, his elect, and so he uses his word to reprove them, and he uses his word to chastise them, to instruct them in righteousness. And the word of God accomplishes these things in the lives of the people of God. And uh, then the Lord goes on to say here in the last part of verse 19, Be zealous, therefore, and repent. That is, because as an act of my love I rebuke and chasten, that uh, ought to make you zealous. And the word zealous, the Greek word translated as zealous, is a word uh, that does express a strong desire. It, this word is actually translated a couple of times as desire. It's also translated as moved with envy a couple of times. Once in Acts chapter 17 and verse 5, it says, But the Jews which believe not moved with envy took unto them certain lewd fellows of the baser sort, and gathered a company and set all the city on an uproar and assaulted the house of Jason and sought to bring them out to the people. Now, the Jews were were zealous. They were moved with envy. But, it, of course, this is a negative thing. Uh, th- this is a sinful thing. Yet the emotion, um, their actions were a result of strong desire, strong emotion. And they could have thought, of course, that they they were pleasing God and doing this for service to God, but they weren't. And the word also, this Greek word translated as zealous, is translated as covet earnestly in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 31. It says here, but covet earnestly the best gifts, and yet show I unto you a more excellent way. Now, um, here this is used in a positive sense, because God is speaking to his people through the Apostle Paul, and the Lord is telling the children of God to covet earnestly, the best gifts, the best gifts of the Spirit of God. And, you know, that word covet and also the word envy are normally associated with sin, uh, with things that are contrary to the law of God. And remember, God says in the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not covet. And, and, and that is a law concerning desiring the things of others, desiring the things of our neighbors. Thou shalt not covet. However, concerning the things of God, the things of the Holy Spirit, that is okay. It's a good thing to desire the things of God, the the spiritual gifts of the Spirit, like faith and 
and uh, grace and uh, gentleness and kindness and love. Yes, covet those things, and uh, there's no law against that. But when we turn that desire towards uh, our neighbor's possessions, well, then God's law says, thou shalt not covet. And here God is using this word that expresses that strong desire, and he is speaking to um, his people, to those in the churches and congregations, and he's saying, look, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Be of a strong desire to serve the Lord and repent. Turn from your sins that are bringing my chastening hand down upon you and and receive correction at um, the commandment of God. And uh, this is uh, basically what God is saying. And, of course, it has application to the churches throughout the church age. Now, stop uh, teaching these things that are contrary to the word of God. Be faithful and and be zealous and uh, endeavor to keep the commandments of the scripture. Well, let's move on into verse 20 of Revelation 3. And it says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and will sup with him and he with me. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Now, we know that the Bible tells us that the Lord Jesus Christ is the door. According to the Gospel of John in chapter 10, it says in verse 9, I am the door by me. If any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. The Lord Jesus is the doorway to heaven, and it is only by him or through him that anyone can be saved and and enter into the kingdom of God and live forevermore. Now, the Bible also speaks of faith as being a door in Acts chapter 14 and verse 27. It says, And when they were come and had gathered the church together, they rehearsed all that God had done with them and how he had opened the door of faith unto the Gentiles. Now, this is basically synonymous with Christ being the door because Jesus is the the faith. Whenever the Bible speaks of saving faith, we can be sure that the Lord Jesus Christ is in view. God's elect are saved. They're justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law. And notice here it is God who's doing the action how he had opened the door of faith unto the Gentiles, unto the nations. God is the one that sent forth his word into the world. God is the one who sought out those whose names were recorded in the Lamb's book of life from the foundation of the world. And God's the one that blessed his word to them and granted them salvation 
by his word. And and then they began to believe. The door of faith was opened unto them. They entered into the kingdom of heaven. And it's all a result of the work of God, the work of the Lord Jesus, that this happened. But uh, now we have to think about our verse in the light of these statements. And again, in Revelation 3.20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. Jesus, the Lord Jesus Christ, stands at the door and knocks. This we could understand the the door of faith. And what does the Bible tell us about faith? In Romans 10, verse 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And, and that's one of the uh, big reasons that Christ says that he stands at the door and knocks if anyone hear his voice and open the door. It's a result of faith that comes by hearing the word of God. And, and of course, all sorts of people hear the word of God with their physical ears and they never become saved. They, they uh, never have the door of faith open to them. But there are certain ones, predestinated, chosen, elected to salvation, that the Lord has been seeking. And when they hear the scripture, faith comes by hearing, and hearing comes by the word of God. Now these select and certain individuals hear the word, according to the will of God, and God opens up their ears to hear spiritually, to hear in the sense of salvation. They have been granted new life. And now when the Lord stands at the door of faith and knocks, if any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and he will and will sup with him and he with me. Now, these um, people who who only will hear the voice of Christ in this sense, which is accomplished through the action of God in saving them, they will meet with Christ and they will have communion with him. They will have supper with him. And the rest, well, uh, the Lord stands at the door of faith and knocks, and they fail to hear his voice. Because even though they've heard the gospel call, many are called, but few are chosen. And they are not the chosen ones, and and God does not give them ears to hear, and they do not have that faith of the Lord Jesus, which justifies them, and and therefore they do not experience the blessing of God's salvation. Now, this has nothing to do with how churches perceive this verse, and they would turn to this this scripture, and they would say, well, you see, it is God standing at the door of your heart and knocking 
and and now it's up to you. Do you hear him knock at the door of your heart? Do you hear the Bible when it tells you you're a sinner? Do you agree with that? Do you uh, believe Jesus as your Savior? Then open the door to him. Accept him. Invite him in. And, and then he will sup with you and you with him and you will have salvation. It has nothing to do with that. That goes contrary to a great many biblical references, a great many scripture, and uh, the Bible won't allow it. Not for a second will the Bible permit anyone to think that they have the ability to open up their heart. Remember what the Bible says, our hearts are desperately wicked, deceitful. Above all things, we're dead in our souls. Our hearts are like stone. We we have no ability to make a decision to open up our heart and to uh, have the Lord Jesus come in based upon our decision. That is not taught in the Bible. That is taught by churches. It is taught by Arminians and free will theologians. It is, it is taught by the minds of men, by a natural understanding of the Word of God, but it is not taught in the Bible anywhere, and it's not taught here. When uh, we read about Jesus knocking, for instance, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. It is interesting that here um, we, we find it is Jesus knocking, and we read, for instance, in Luke chapter 11, in Luke 11, in verse 9. And I say unto you, ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh, receiveth, and he that seeketh, findeth. And to him that knocketh, it shall be open. Now this is the other way around. It's not the Lord knocking, but here the Lord is giving us guidance. He's speaking to man, and he's saying, Look, um, knock, and it shall be open. And he he is telling us this is what we should do in coming to him. Actually, what does it mean to knock? What does it mean here? Where, where God is instructing us to knock that it might be open. Well, it's helpful when we read verses 9 and 10 and we see that these are all synonymous statements. Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be open unto you. To knock means to seek. To seek that uh, we are told to seek God. Now, it doesn't mean we're going to find him unless it so happens to be the perfect will of God that we do. But God commands men, seek him and and approach unto him, go to him. And, and so knock uh, in that sense upon him uh, as he is the door to heaven. Yes, knock. And uh, and for those that are his people, they 
they will find that the door will open. But we, we also find the reverse in Luke chapter 12 in verse um, 35. I'll start there. Let your loins be girded about and your lights burning and ye yourselves like unto men that wait for their Lord when he will return from the wedding that when he cometh and knocketh they may open unto him immediately. Now, we're not going to get into a discussion of the timing of this verse, but certainly it has to do with the time of the end. And it speaks of the Lord returning from the wedding. And when he comes and knocks, that they may open unto him. Now, this is God seeking man or seeking his elect people. And and we we do know that God does seek his people. He uh, sought them as a shepherd seeking lost sheep. And, and that's what the word knock has to do with. It could be man knocking towards uh, the door of heaven. Or it could be the Lord Jesus knocking towards mankind towards individual people that is it is man seeking god or god seeking man now we know that all kinds of people seek god in their own way according to their own understanding but there is a certain seeking that the bible lays out that is um permissible it is encouraged by God in the day of salvation and, and people were commanded to approach unto him boldly this way. And there is a great deal of seeking that is not permissible, that is not according to the commandments of God. And that is uh, when men seek God after their own minds and their own thoughts and their own doctrines and gospels that they've developed or religions god doesn't consider that true seeking well anyway the word knock has to do with seeking and we read in revelation 3:20, behold i stand at the door and knock in this case the lord jesus is the one doing the seeking if any man hear my voice it's a conditional statement. It's necessary for a man to hear the voice of Christ. And we've already discussed that, that none will hear except those that are given ears to hear. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and will sup with him and he with me. And again, since... Only the elect will hear, and therefore only they will have the ability to open the door and to uh, then have this intimate relationship with Christ and in, in having supper with him. Now, the Bible tells us um, this word supper is used in reference to the Lord's Supper in Luke 22 and verse 20, but it's also use or a related word concerning the marriage supper of the lamb 
in Revelation 19 and verse 9, it says in that verse, And he saith unto me, Write, Blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he saith unto me, These are the true sayings of God. And and, and so if we're the uh, part of the bride and we're uh, at the marriage supper of the Lamb, well, well, that is uh, a great blessing that indicates that we're close to entering into that eternal marriage with the Lord as far as um, God turning his attention uh, to that special relationship he will have with his people forevermore into eternity future after he has ended this world. Well, um, then following this in verse 21 of Revelation 3, it says, To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame and am set down with my father in his throne. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. And that final statement takes on special and uh, significance as Jesus was just talking about. If anyone hear my voice, we must have an ear to hear. And only God, only God can give us an ear to hear spiritual things, to hear the truth of the word of God. 